Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic Sea Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by coronatools.com, the nation's leader in garden and landscaping tools. Listeners of The Organic View can receive 20% off their coronatools.com purchase by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. For more promotional offers, please visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. And don't forget to check out our contest section. On today's show, neonicotinoids appear to be a key subject for the legal system. In Europe, maize farmers are having a heated debate on the use of neonicotinoids and glyphosate and in the U.S., there's the California lawsuit as well as the suit with the NRDC. So I'd like to welcome to the show my co-host, Colorado beekeeper, Mr. Tom Theobald. Hello, Tom. Hello, Joan. From sunny Colorado, we had a frost about three days ago, so that uh, brings an end to the summer for the bees. Thanks, Tom. This lawsuit involving maize farmers in Europe seems to bring up some of the same arguments that we've seen over the years. And it basically boils down to one of their basic arguments, which is what alternatives are there if they don't use neonicotinoids? It just seems as though this is a very tired and worn out argument that hasn't really helped them very much. Well, they've been beating this same drum for a long time. And, uh, the farm organizations really are just the mouthpiece. One of the things that they're calling for is science-based decisions. And if you look a little deeper, the interesting part of that is the only science that they want to embrace is the junk science that's been created by the chemical companies to uh, justify the use of these toxic chemicals. And the, the farm organizations and the farmers are just parroting what they're being told by the chemical companies. Their science is, is really ridiculous in most cases, and an avalanche of science has condemned these products, both glyphosate and the neonicotinoids, and we need to get on with it because we're poisoning the world with these things. That very well may be, but the bottom line that a lot of people aren't really paying attention to is the fact that glyphosate is up for renewal. The license for the use of glyphosate is up for renewal. So that's really, I think, what is pushing this whole thing. Well, what's pushing it is that there's a strong uh, sentiment in Europe, in the European Union, to ban both the neonicotinoids and glyphosate. And 
these are billion dollar products so the chemical companies are worried that they may be restricted and they're doing everything they can to assure that this doesn't happen one of the things is to threaten everybody with the prospect of using even more dangerous chemicals and um, it's like a, a mugger telling you that if he can't shoot you he's going to stab you these people need to be reined in we need to apply some good common sense and some legal constraints to this situation because this and some of the other things that we're going to talk about today we need to deal with this because what we're seeing is a, a massive poisoning of the environment and uh, a complete lawlessness in the in the pesticide world these people are getting away quite literally with murder well france is taking a very firm stance against it as they always have, the French really keep on top of all the issues that pertain to their food. Um, it's, I also want to point out something about this whole situation. One of the arguments that that industry has is that the beets are harvested before the bloom. But when it comes to neonicotinoids, when you look at the sublethal effects, it doesn't matter. Once that chemical is out there, it's, it's mobile in groundwater, it's absorbed by the plant's vascular system, it's still going to be out there to impact the bees. Well, we need to look at, at sugar beets a little differently. Unless the sugar beets are being raised for seed, which is a very, very small portion of the acreage, they don't present a direct problem for the bees. But if you look a little further, what you find is that like the other crops that are seed treated with the neonicotinoids, the neonicotinoids are going into the soil and the groundwater. Only about 10% of the seed treatment actually goes into the plant. The rest of it goes into the soil and the groundwater where it can last for years and particularly poisonous in the groundwater because everything drinks, there's no safe dose, and there's no justification for any of this. This is insanity, and it's a complete lawlessness in the pesticide world. One of the biggest questions that I have is, where are the beekeepers with this whole controversy? You have a coalition for the maize farmers, but I don't see anything where they've organized the beekeepers and they are critical to this whole situation. Well, it's it's very it's a difficult position that the beekeepers have been put in and we've discussed this before. These issues should be dealt with by the people that we employ to protect us against these kinds of dangers and that would the leading uh, agency would be the Environmental Pesticide Agency. But this is in uh, Europe, Tom. Well, but it's the same thing. They all have the same same kinds of agencies, and they're not protecting anyone. Um, in both the United States and in Europe, it's been the the beekeepers who've been designated as the policemen. They sh the EPA and the other regulatory agencies should be standing up for the law and should be preventing the kind of damage that we're experiencing. But instead... They force this responsibility on the backs of the beekeepers, and the beekeepers are reluctant to speak out because, in most cases, they're guests on the land. 
they don't want to offend or or get into a controversy with their landowners, and they shouldn't have to. And I've I've used the uh, example of the interstate highway system here in the United States. If I was to suggest that a citizen should go out on the interstate highway system and enforce the speed limits, you would think that's ridiculous. But that's exactly the position that the beekeepers have been put in both here in the United States and in Europe. So they are reluctant to speak out. They are reluctant to challenge this because they get nowhere and they cross swords with their landlords. Well, if they don't stand up for the industry that they work in, they may not have that opportunity much longer. But that's also, you know... It's well, that's the fear. Done. It's easier that's... said than done, but you know the bottom line is is that you have all of the parties represented, but you don't have the beekeepers as a collective group represented, and that needs to change. Moving on to California, there's a situation that is going on in the state of California pertaining to dinotefurin, which is a another neonicotinoid. And this also is something that is of great interest because, once again, it talks about the fact that there was no exploration into alternatives to these chemicals. And that very, arg- that very same tired argument that, well, the alternatives are much worse. Actually, that argument worked against them because the court was perplexed according to one article, that the exploration was not conducted into other applications that would not be as harmful as this particular chemical that would also do the job. Well, the fundamental question here is, and the challenge was, that the California Department of Pesticide Regulation, whatever it's called, failed to consider the Endangered Species Act in the approval of additional uses on additional crops for these neonicotinoids. And this is a reflection of what's going on at the national level with the EPA. Uh, The suit that I was a plaintiff in uh, involved two of the major neonicotinoids, clothianidin and thiamethoxam, and the ultimate finding on the part of the court was that the EPA had systematically violated federal law in the registration of 59 different neonicotinoid products uh, that included these two neonicotinoids. So this now has trickled down to the state level in California where the, the endangered species law has been ignored and the court has found that, that that's not kosher. Uh, The interesting thing to watch will be to see whether these labels are rescinded and these products removed from the market or it just continues to be business as usual as uh, California fights its way through the courts using our tax money to do that. Thanks, Tom. I'd like to talk about the last topic, which is in regards to this lawsuit pertaining to the NRDC. I think that this is a very important lawsuit because it focuses on the overall impact of the environment 
and the way that they're going about it is really quite smart. Now, Tom, I know that you had been involved with a couple of exchanges pertaining to this, especially since you were involved with so many lawsuits. So I'd like you to take a moment to share some of your comments with the discussions that have been going on within the beekeeping community with our listeners. Well, this is kind of an extension of the lawsuit that I was a plaintiff in. And as I said earlier, our concern, our challenge was for clothianidin and thiamethoxam. The NRDC suit covers about a hundred different products, and the neonicotinoids involved are dinotafurin, uh, acetamipred, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, and one of the first neonicotinoids, imidacloprid. And, and once again... Imidacloprid is the one that you blew the whistle on when well, you wrote the letter, right? No, actually, no, that was clothianidin. But imidacloprid was the first of the neonicotinoids to be introduced worldwide. About 1994 here in the United States, once again, the NRDC is approaching this by way of the Endangered Species Act. And... What they're saying in their suit is that the EPA failed to consider the Endangered Species Act and the impact that these chemicals may have on the endangered species for just under 100 different products, including those three neonicotinoids. This is a lawless situation, and we shouldn't have to have environmental safety and the public health safety driven by these continual lawsuits. We need to go to the source of this, uh, these problems, which is, a, is a, an EPA, at least the Office of Pesticide Programs, which we deal with, that is completely lawless and has been totally captured by the chemical industry and simply carries out what they're told to do by the chemical industry. This is criminality. This it is, is Tom, not... but I've stated many times, unless enough people die, action is not going to be taken. And I think I used the reference with traffic lights, or even stop signs for that matter. And in your local neighborhoods, just think about this, folks. In order for a stop sign, a simple stop sign to be installed, or a traffic light, how many people have to die in order for that to take place? And I don't see this as being any different. Whether the EPA has been infiltrated or not, the bottom line is, is that this is a system that does not work. There should not, it should not be that we have to go to extremes in order to protect our pollinators, in order to protect our own health. It's just preposterous. But the bottom line is, is that, as you pointed out, Tom, the industry seems to have more of a firm hold on what the agencies are doing as opposed to what the citizens are able but to get them to do. The medical community is kind of behind the curve but is beginning to catch up, and people are dying. There just hasn't been a connection, a clear connection between these poisons and the deaths, but it's beginning to emerge. 
These are not harmless products, and people are dying, and there are serious, serious medical problems that are ensuing from these, and there will be people dying 10, 15, 20 years from now if we don't make the proper decisions today. One of my greatest concerns is the effect that it's having on the children, and we've talked about this in the past. We're seeing a massive increase in childhood problems, uh, behavioral disorders, neurological disorders, learning disorders, uh, autism. That, in, that information is beginning to emerge as the medical community begins to look more closely. And as I said, this is a criminal enterprise, and we need to put some of these people behind bars so that they will begin to pay attention to their responsibilities to the people and to the environment. Well, I think just the failure that Monsanto has been experiencing with many of their prized products and the fact that Bayer has acquired Monsanto says a lot. You have a company that has been notoriously destroying the environment and its inhabitants and now you know, one by one, you're, we're starting to see lawsuits. We're starting to see all sorts of epic declines in different populations. And the company, I'm sure that they are scrambling to try to figure out, okay, well, how can we salvage our profits? How can we move forward? But meanwhile, they are failing. But unfortunately, at the expense of not only the decline of our pollinators, but on uh, because, but uh, also with the impact on human health. So we're seeing that, but unfortunately, as you pointed out, Tom, it's, it's very late in the game. Tom, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me, and I appreciate all of your time. It's been a very interesting week, and this month is Pollinator Month, so I'm sure we're going to see a lot of things coming out. Well, I hope so. There is a groundswell of concern, as there should be. We have to change these these things we have to change these poisons these companies are in the business of killing things they're in the business of killing plants killing insects if there's some human casualty incidental to that they don't seem to be concerned about that at all i am thanks june for offering a venue in which we can discuss these problems well tom to be continued next week Folks, if you have any questions, please write to us at questions at theorganicview.com. Tune in next week as Tom and I continue the discussion. Thank you for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.